Today on the Diz List, we discuss the top five Easter eggs at Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List, the podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Nick. And I'm Rob, and happy Easter, and welcome to episode 40, where we discuss the top five Easter eggs at Walt Disney World. Happy Easter. Are we, um... <laughs> are we... That's a family tradition, so okay. we do it. Okay. When it's Easter, we go, happy Easter. All right. No no idea why that started. Any family members are going to go, I'm glad you did the happy Easter. <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, other than to say um, we are not trying to um, alienate any listeners who do not celebrate Easter. These are not the kind of Easter eggs that represent anything religious. These no, are the kinds yeah, of yeah, Easter yeah. eggs that represent the um, hidden facts, you know, throughout Disney World. Yep. Um, hey, before we get started with the list, I just wanted to um, ask our listeners if you could uh, continue to share us on on Instagram and on on Twitter and any social media platforms, if you could encourage uh, your friends to listen along, tell them about the great podcast you've been listening to, um, that would be great. Um, you know, we always like to see um, you know the growth. Uh, we've we've experienced quite a bit of growth actually in the last month or so, yep. uh, and a lot of that's because of you. So thank you, uh, and if you could continue doing that, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, this week we're going to discuss the 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 Easter eggs hidden throughout the parks. Yeah. So an Easter egg is, is basically something that is kind of like a secret message is maybe another way we would put it or a secret symbol is maybe better than the term message. Yeah. So a symbol. I mean, it could be, it could be a message. And, and like it, and then it originated from like an Easter egg hunt where you're looking around the yard for something that's there. um, And that's, there's a lot of, it's kind of become a big thing on YouTube if you watch uh, really any show or movie that's kind of in, involved in something that has a bigger fandom. You'll see the different videos that say top five Easter eggs from yeah. from The Mandalorian or top five Easter eggs from uh, The Last of Us. You know, that's, yeah. it's it's a big thing in pop culture. If you, so that that's basically for the people that yeah. are not familiar with the term Easter eggs. Hey, so I wanted to discuss with you something. Yeah. That- <clears throat> Uh, like I wanted to discuss this on, on like on the air. Okay. Um, we discussed it last night a little bit about a restaurant that just opened up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and since this episode, since <laughs> since our um, our premise for this whole show came about, that we were gonna like basically debate our top fives, and a lot of times we don't have any debate because we agree with each other. Um, this is one where I know we don't. Yeah. Um, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue uh-huh. opened up. Yep, in Hollywood Studios. And Rob, you are pro. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think it looks like a joke. Yeah. So the part I like, and there's a couple things that I like. I like about it. So this restaurant is new, and it is part of Toy Story Land, and it's all themed to Toy Story and the characters. And Woody's Roundup specifically, is that what it's called? Uh, Woody's Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, I think. Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. I think. Okay. I, so not, what I've seen, yeah. and I'm merely commenting on, on what I've seen, um, the 
exterior of the building eh, is kind of okay. The interior looked fun, and this is the part I love, and my friend next to me hates this. So while you were there dining, <laughs> there is an announcement made Yep, that Andy is coming. And for many years, there was a rumor that if you're at the parks and you yell, Andy's coming, the toys drop to the ground. So what they've decided to do in this restaurant, and I've seen video of this. Yeah, and, and I, Andy's played over the speakers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so they go, Andy's coming. And everybody in the restaurant freezes. Except and- for me. <laughs> because <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I think it's great. I think I, this is the dumbest idea ever. Everybody pauses, and you hear Andy over the PA come into the room and walk around, and then everyone just kind of goes back. I love it. Nick hates it. If you happen to see some guy in there who is bald with a beard eating through this and talking to his family through this entire spiel, this entire spiel. It's me and I've broken down and gone because this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. I will not go to it simply because of how dumb that is. I think it's great. I love it. I would participate when that happened. I would stand up on purpose and like do some really funny pose and pause I love that stuff. I think it's so stupid. And then when you sign your check, they bring a giant pencil for you to sign your check with that is, like, massive because, you know, (laughs) you're toy-sized. Because you have to stay in theme, right? Because I want to know where those giant-ass pencils are over at the the lunchbox. They're not there. So why the hell? I'm sorry. This whole restaurant is a big, giant miss for me. First of all, it's family-style dining. I, I... I have no desire to do another family style. All you care to enjoy. Which, so it's a which buffet. Is, no, are they just they you bring get, you they bring you your barbecue on a big giant platter. So all the prices are the same, and you just pick A, B, C, or D. No, how's it work? It's a it's like Garden Grill or those places where they'll bring out. It's you know what? It's very similar to an Ohana, except for no Ohana. shrimp. Yeah, they bring out barbecue. Yeah. Which by the way. Every report I've seen is it's dry, but they provide barbecue sauce. Well, guess what? Real barbecue doesn't need barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going because of that. Two, it's not cheap for bad barbecue. Three, I am not freezing in the middle of my meal so you can have your little role play. (laughs) I disagree. I think that's awesome. And it's a reason for me to go there. Like, if it didn't have that, I would be like, meh, just another barbecue place. See, that motivates me to want to go. Well, and good. I realize you, you're you're on the opposite. But that's it's a gimmick for me to want to go in there. And I'm not saying I'm going to love it and do it every time. Now there's a reason for me to go. This, for me, is everything wrong with themed dining. Sure. If I wanted to go to... Hoop do review for participate crowd participation. Yeah, and there's a I show would, going on on stage. I would go. Yeah. I don't I want to eat my look, as it is, my barbecue is cooling and drying in front of me, and you're gonna make me freeze <laughs> because a fictional character is is coming over the speakers. This is the dumbest idea. I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people are all, oh my god, isn't it so cute? Look at these big ginormous pencils I have to sign my check with. Shut up. <laughs> This is dumb. It's dumb. I'm not going. Like, I, it came out, and my wife was like, uh, what? What? And I was like, exactly. We aren't going. Because we were like, we'll wait and see what it's like. And then we saw it, and I was like, yep, not happening. I, I think it's awesome. 
I think it's dumb. So here's what we got to do. So when this episode comes out, we need to have and look, if more people hate it, that's cool. Like I don't I don't care. I'm curious. Let's do Oh, a, you're going to win this battle. Well, maybe. Oh, I every, trust me. It's been universally received well oh, on the internet. Okay. The food hasn't, which is beyond me that like, oh, it's it's the food's only okay. But hey, I got to freeze in the middle of my well, meal. Let's be specific. What what are we voting like or dislike the, everything in the restaurant? Just the restaurant. Every, just the restaurant in general. You, that will, includes food. I think, I think I think we should have a vote on sure. social media that says, "Will you go to? Mm. Are you Team Rob? Okay, and you will go to. Sure. It, are you Team Nick, and you will skip it? Okay. Because for me, I'm going to skip it until my wife makes me go. Okay. I will go if my kids really want to go. All right. I will not freeze during the Andy's coming. It's my meal. Right. I'm curious about this, and and in no way am I. I'm gonna win. Like I, this isn't one I. I'm gonna die on this hill. I'm just curious what our listeners think. Yeah, if they I, think it sounds fun, or they're they're with you. They I don't want that part of my experience. I, I'm just curious. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that it's going to be. Um, I think you're gonna win, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with being in the minority here. I just I, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's like sci-fi dining. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, it would be, I would say it would be weird if you had like 5% no or 5% Nick. I would be surprised. I think, I think there'll be, yeah. My guess is going to be 25 you, 75. Well, because, because the, because the family style meals, the all you care to enjoy family style meals are notoriously bad with the exception of the breakfast. Sure. Breakfasts usually are good. But the, the other ones are generally pretty bad because of the service. They rush you. They try to, it's all about turnover, right? Yep. Because, well, Hannah was like that too because when we you, went. It's not like the longer you stay there, the more upcharges you get. Yeah. It's here's your meal, eat it, get out so we can put another table in here and get the same amount of tip from them. Hmm. Like, it, I don't get it. I don't know what Disney's new obsession is with prefix family style meals. Hmm. Other than that, it's easier for the chef. But like, let's be honest, Disney does not do barbecue well um, on a good day. Like Regal Eagle's probably the best on property barbecue, maybe Flame Tree or not on property on in like Disney owned uh, barbecue. Uh, if you really want good barbecue, go to Disney Springs, go to Polite Pig. Like, just skip over these barbecue places. But, yeah, I, I don't really have much of anything for for you to, other than to say that I'm not going to be going. Okie doke. So, uh, we're going to head off to the halftime show, which is actually going unsponsored this week. Really? Yeah. Yep. Couldn't get a sponsor. Okay. So, I think, actually, it's sponsored by Dead Air. All right. Let's, uh, here's a message brought to you by Dead Air. That was good. That was good. It was. I'm going to buy some. Me too. Bye. Welcome back. Today we're going to count down the top five Easter eggs that we have over at Walt Disney World. Nice. 
Yeah. Um, this stuff's fun. <clears throat> I agree. And I think it's, I always find something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one while I was researching this episode, and I'm going to wait until the end to talk about it. Just remind me to re- to bring it up because I don't know if it's on your list. And I've never seen it, so that's why I'm not. I didn't put it on my list. Sure. But if it's, I mean, they showed a picture of it, and it's kind of interesting. I want to see if you knew about it. I'll be interested to find out if you knew about it because it is in one of your favorite attractions. So okay. I'm gonna. I want you to bring that back up at the end. And if you don't, listeners are gonna be like, "Wait, that was an awful cliffhanger from the beginning of the episode." <laughs> um. All right. So as we said, uh, an Easter egg, as we define it, is something that maybe is a little bit hidden. You can almost think of like hidden Mickeys as Easter eggs, but these are beyond hidden Mickeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for me, they are. I don't know if you put hidden Mickeys on there, but no, I, I don't care too much. <clears throat> I mean, some people love doing the hidden Mickeys. If you know, if it's a really cool hidden Mickey, yeah, but, I'm not. But I'm not a hidden Mickey. Oh my god, hidden Mickey hunter, and a lot correct. of people are. Yeah. And there's YouTube videos that are like all the hidden mi- Mickeys in Fantasyland, and they go through all of them, and, and yeah. that's cool. Like, I think I, it, I, oh, I think it's cool, but those aren't the kind of Easter eggs we're talking about. No, no, no. So we're just talking about things that maybe you didn't even, you, they're right in your face and you don't even notice it. Yes, yeah, so. and a lot of times when I make these lists, it's hard to make them, and mm-hmm. I really need to think, and I mean, research is always involved either way, and I love doing that part, but sometimes it's like, man, ah. This is a hard one, and we've we've done a couple recently. We thought were hard lists. This one, these rattled off the top of my head really fast because they're ones I really like, and I think about them a lot. So this was an easier list for me. Was it for you? Yeah, I I mean the only one, the only issue I had was ranking the bottom two, which one went where. Sure. So that was it. Okay, uh, my number five is in the Magic Kingdom. Okay. And it is in the ride queue for The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. A, oh, not, okay. I, I'm list. trying to read Nick's face. No, it's not on my list. I know okay. exactly where you're going. Yeah. So the, um, and it's interesting because this ties into another one. A lot of mine are sort of intertwined. You'll see why. So the number five is the hidden Nautilus ship in The Little Mermaid ride queue. Good call. So when you're waiting in line for The Little Mermaid, there is, it's almost kind of like, you know, a grotto in, in caves and rock formations. Mm-hmm. And the attraction, The Little Mermaid, um, in 1995, I think it opened because the ride that was previously there was a giant lagoon and it was a ride called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm which was based on an older Disney movie with this submarine. And you get into the submarine, and which I did when I was really little. You get into it, and you kind of go around, and you see all these underwater things, and you get attacked by the monster, the, the squid at the end. So that was open from 71 through 94. And then, um, kind of as a tribute, when they redid Little Mermaid in the place where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea used to be, there's a place where you can see it. We found it. I remember we were walking through oh, yeah. the queue together. Yeah, we saw it. And I'm like, there it is. You, there's a one, and I. there's no way I can describe to you where it is, other no. than it's the outside part, not the inside part. Correct. I mean, I, I don't know how you describe it. Go around, and on the third yeah, turn, it's, it's, it's- So look for it. <clears throat> um, um, I can tell you this much. When you're walking in, it's on the left, mm-hmm. and it's- um, I think you took a picture of it. I think I did. So if I can find that picture, because it's in our folder- yeah. If I can find it, I'll post it on Instagram when cool. this episode goes up. But yeah. And that's a fun one. And I like when Disney says, hey, we recognize our history. And we're going to throw in a little bit of a tribute 
to what used to be here. So even though we have this new ride, which is a great ride, and to be completely honest, I love the nostalgic stuff, but this is better. You know, it's better in its place, and they definitely made an improvement, which is not always the case in my opinion. But I think the Little Mermaid ride, especially that queue, is great, and just a little nod towards the history and the ride that used to be there. So my number five is the Hidden Nautilus ship in the Little Mermaid queue. That's a good call. My number five is the source of our greatest debate ever. Ooh. Dinosaurs condiments. Oh, that's not, that's my, yeah, <laughs> I got that right here. It's on my honorable mention. So, so yeah. if you haven't, there's a callback for you. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the episode number, but we had a quite oh a God. heated debate about um, which condiment that w- that is represented over in dinosaur is better. And what I mean by these condiments on the wall, you will see three pipes, a white pipe, a red pipe, and a yellow pipe. And you will see chemical equations, I guess the best way to, chemical compounds. Yeah. My, my daughter's in chem. We could bring her in to describe yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I love your daughter, but I don't know if that would work. Um, but we definitely have, uh, when you look up at, at them, they definitely have the actual chemical compositions of those particular of the particular condiments of mayo, mustard, and ketchup. Right. Um, and I just think that's kind of a funny, um, just a funny way to incorporate that. And and uh, can you remind why is it that? Because the ride was originally sponsored by McDonald's. Yeah, which I'm not really sure why that ride was sponsored by McDonald's. Well, McDonald's doesn't use mayo. Yeah, they do. On what? On what do you think the special sauce is? It's well, it's, it's mayo and ketchup mixed. Right. Yeah. But wouldn't they... Fish filet. They put mayo on fish filet? Well, it's or tartar, the chicken sandwich? It's tartar sauce, technically. But chicken like, sandwich. There you go. But they're, yeah, I mean, they there's mayo. Do they put mayo on the grilled chicken sandwich? Or the or the chicken patty I mean, you sandwich? You can get... I mean, why... It's been a get, long time since I ordered one of those. It's been a long time since I ate McDonald's. Yeah. I well, McDonald's has gluten-free fries, so we always go through the drive through and we get fries. I can't remember the last coffee. time I ate McDonald's, but... Yeah, so for me, I would say that that is the number five, partially because I think it's kind of a cool little nod to McDonald's, and partially due to this show and the fact that we got in a pretty heated yeah. argument oh, over over whether it was st- uh, mustard or you were mayo. Oh my god, this this comes up in conversation all the time with with people that I know that listen to the show, um, who will come up and say. You're right. It's definitely, um, I, you know, uh, Nick doesn't know he's talking about. It. It's definitely not mustard. He's crazy. And I'll be like, well, I like mayo. Uh, that was my favorite. No way. I think ketchup is the best. Like, it's a debate that, like, echoes <laughs> and comes up often. Do people still talk to you about it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I will I will say this. Um, my wife's, uh, my wife is an educator as well. And she works at a school where a teacher every year picks a random thing during March and they do a March Madness bracket. And this year's thing, last year was sandwiches, this year it was condiments. Oh, okay. I picked mustard to go all the way. I'm sure you did. Um, and I will tell you, mustard has the, I mean, I was looking, I don't know if it's got competition. I'm sorry. I, I'm i hoping that mustard wins because I'm going to take a picture of the winning bracket <laughs> and I'm going to post it on our Instagram and say I was right all along. I, I don't know how you argue against mustard. Mustard's good. It's not, you know, it's number three. Right. It's not number one. Let's not. We don't need to have the debate again. But my number five Easter egg at Walt Disney World is the ketchup, mayo, and 
number one, mustard <laughs> at um, Animal Kingdom in Dinosaur. All right. Number four. Uh, number four for me is a fun one that we always like to get our picture taken with. Um, my kids will always get their picture taken. Specifically, my my daughter likes this attraction, and we'll get her picture taken next to it. And that is in the Magic Kingdom. It is called Harper's Mill. Now, Harper's Mill is a tribute, an Easter egg tribute to an Imagineer whose name is Harper Goff. So Harper Goff um, is... He's an Imagineer, and he assisted with Walt on the original layouts for the Disneyland Park. So when he decided what was going to go everywhere, Harper Goff worked specifically with him. Um, Harper Goff also worked on Main Street USA, Jungle Cruise, um, designed the Epcot World Showcase layout, which I know you will like. Mm -hmm. And also, which ties to my number five, he designed the Nautilus for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea for the movie and then from there into wow. the attraction. So that's Harper Goff. So when you're walking in Frontierland and you look over on Tom Sawyer Island, you'll see there's this big mill. And on the side of the mill, it says Harper's Mill. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. It's a tradition that I, I got my picture taken next to Harper's Mill. So then I will take a picture of my kids uh, also next to Harper's Mill and we'll kind of like look at, hey, Here's me from 1983. Here's uh, here's a picture of the kids also next to yeah, Harper's Mill. So that's that's, pr- that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that is that's my number four is, Easter egg is Harper's Mill. There's a real Harper who helped just uh, design all of the uh, attractions. I kind of would like to add on to that. Sure. In that, um, because one of my honorable mentions was not a specific Imagineer like this one is about, but about all of the different Imagineers who are. <laughs> They've given nods to, so uh, also on my honorable mention. <clears throat> okay, the Imagineers' names. Okay, yeah, on Main so, Street. All right, so that I just was going to say that, like, the mill, which I understand has special meaning to you, mm-hmm. but like just in general, like the fact that they give nods to the Imagineers that you maybe not even know. I, um, there was like one outside of Muppet Vision that is, it's a net filled with Jello. Oh, Annette Funicello. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. One so, of the original Mouseketeers. Yeah. So um, I just, I don't know, I think that's kind of a- That is cool. They do little things Yeah, like that, that I had that, so my honorable mentions are now done. <laughs> you said both of them, that's great. My bad. No, no, not uh, at all. That's great. And we're, we're thinking alike. It's yeah. excellent. So what'd you have for four? My number four is an audio Easter egg. Ooh. So on the People Mover, uh-huh. when you're going around- Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. Ah, good one. Because you're in Tomorrowland. Very you're cool. You're on the Tomorrowland uh, Transit Authority People Mover. Uh, I think that's that's one of those ones where you're like, wait, is that, did they just say that? They took it away for a little while. Uh-huh. So there was like the original soundtrack, not, I don't know, what do you want to call it, the voiceover. They took it away and then they brought it back because there was like an outcry. And they've updated the, they have updated the, Narration. Uh, narration, but paging Mr. Morrow is still there. Good. They include um, Tron now. I think that was the yep. addition. Yeah. So paging Mr. Tom Morrow is, I, I even have socks that have like, <laughs> that say paging Mr. Tom Morrow on them. Uh, they are, um, you know, pretty comfortable socks actually. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, I think that's kind of cool when they do things that like, you you it takes you a few times and you're like, wait, what, Tom Morrow. Yeah. 
Oh, tomorrow. We're in Tomorrowland. Oh, I get it. So I know that's not, I don't have a big, long, extravagant story about it or anything like that, but I think it's kind of a cool little nod to the fact that you're in Tomorrowland. Definitely. And I just, I love the people mover anyway. So it's one of those ones that I always look forward to hearing, you know, paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That's, that's my, my number four was, was that, and though, like I said, Four and five, I couldn't figure out where I wanted to put them, and I, I, I thought that five might go to four. My condiments might go to four, but then I was like, I only want it to go there because of the argument we had on the air. So, um, number four for me is Mr. Tom Morrow on People Mover. Now, my three, two, and one, I had a hard time with also deciding what order they were going to go in, and my my one and two are kind of related, but I, I wanted to kind of put those ahead. But this number three is such a good one that – Three, two, and one for me are all really, really cool for me personally. Number three, it is in Hollywood Studios, which doesn't, you know, I don't really think of a lot of different Easter eggs that are no, in Hollywood they're Studios. they're mostly in your face over there. They are. So um, over in Galaxy's Edge, the little Star Wars land over there, if you, yeah. if you walk around where, if you can find the build or the restaurant called Docking Bay 7, if you stand back and you look at it from a distance and you see kind of the entrance to Docking Bay 7 and you look up, there are three giant storage containers, okay, above. And on the side of them, there's a giant number printed on each one of the three containers. Oh, There yeah. is a 77, an 80, and an 83. And those numbers represent... Nick knows it. Yeah, the years that that the original trilogy was released. That's correct. That's so, I didn't. That's one I didn't even know. Yeah, it's very I cool. Yep. And um, so next time you are at Hollywood Studios, look for that up top. It's kind of high up, but you can see it. I think it's it's the containers are like a grayish, and then I think the numbers, if I remember it correctly, are in like a bright orangish yellow color. So they're really easy to see. So you yeah. just have to stand back and, and take a look. And it's cool that it's a nice tribute to that original trilogy. I agree. Which are my three favorite movies. You know, Walt Disney World has a history of doing stuff with numbers. So if you go over to Magic Kingdom, they also have, have a number Easter egg. Um, have you ever been over to the Splash Pad over in Storybook Circus? Oh, the train. <clears throat> the trains? Yeah. The train yeah, cars yeah, yeah. have... There's four train cars and they have four dates on, or there's five train cars and they have five dates on them. Did you know that? I I feel like I did, and I also you, this reminded me of another one where there's a date for the opening of. But they don't have dates. Of Animal should... Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. So go ahead. this is the one they have. They have numbers. That is on the, this. They have numbers on the back of them. Okay. Okay. And the numbers represent the the digits of the years that the the parks that open. the parks open. So they've got uh... Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Epcot. Um, Hollywood Studios is and uh, An Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Okay, I, so they're on the they're like the the circus cars have like numbers to represent their spot in the sure. circus train or whatever. Yeah, so huh. there's another one for you that that's is involving cool. years. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. So that's my number three is uh, the hidden dates for the original trilogy in Galaxy's Edge. So my number three is also in Hollywood Studios. Oh, and it's one that I don't know if you've ever even noticed. Oh. Because I know that you like this ride, but you have a love-hate relationship with it. Mm. Slinky Dog Dash. Mm -hmm. When you go up to it, there's the the cue timer. Yep. Right? And it's in the shape of a dog tag. Okay? Yeah. 
if you go past it, so you see the front, it's got the clock. When you go underneath and you turn around, it's Buster's tag. Really? Yeah. It's Andy's dog's tag, Buster. That whole thing is the tag. So if you look up a picture of this, yeah, it is shaped like a dog tag. And then under, like when you walk underneath and you turn around, it's Buster's tag. It's the dog tag from Andy's dog. So on the outside, it makes sense. It looks like a dog tag because it's like hanging there. It, it just looks like oh, a dog yeah. tag. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the- yeah. So it's, it's kind of shaped like a coin. Yeah. Same color. And it looks like it's clipped on something above and on the front yeah. standby entrance with the time, just yep. like you said. Yep. And now it shows an image of the back and it says Buster and 234 Elm Street yeah. is the back of the, you know, the, the dog tag on the collar. Yeah. Which also cool. reminds me. I did me, not know that one. Yeah. Which also reminds me, is Andy living on the same Elm Street as Freddy Krueger? Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, I want to find out what, what the house number is for the Freddy Krueger. <clears throat> um, so I think this is a cool one just because of I love all the Easter eggs in Toy Story Land, like looking at all the different toys that like we owned as kids. You know, the Tinker Toys and the Lincoln Logs and all of that. But uh, the Erector sets and the boxes of the, the Boggle Board and the Scrabble Board and the, the Green Army Men. I think that's all cool, but this is one that you're not necessarily looking for because you're too busy looking at the toys. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my number three is the Dog Tag um, Return Time or Lightning Lane or I don't know if it's – what is it? It's not the Lightning Lane. It's the the queue time, standby time. Yep. So, the week – I have an answer for your Freddy Krueger question. Yeah, okay. Uh, Freddy Krueger's house is 1428 Elm Street. Okay. And so it's just up the block. Yeah, theirs is, what is it, 234? Yeah. Was there a number? Yeah, 234. Huh. So there, there right. you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number two is um, one that we looked at last time we were there, and it's it's kind of funny and fun. And when I looked this one up, there I, I got to read the specific things that are related to this, and this is in the Haunted Mansion at the very end when you walk out of the Haunted Mansion, on the hill on the left is the Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And, uh-oh, you're smiling. No. Okay. Uh, the Pet Cemetery on the left at the very top has Mr. Toad. I knew you were going to have this. Yes. Uh, so Mr. Toad, and it, his ride was um, one of my favorites from when I was little, and it was called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and it was part of the Magic Kingdom Park for many, many years until 1998. And then in 1998, they decided they were going to close it, and they were going to open uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh's Bad Acid Trip. There, there you go. There's another callback. Yep. Epis- episode two. Yes. <laughs> and so this pet cemetery has a sculpture of Mr. Toad in it, because Mr. Toad is no longer there. He is in Disneyland, um, but no longer in the Magic Kingdom. But I looked up some of these other pets, and it's really funny. There's one that's a snake, and it and it had it was the snake that got in the fight with a rake, and it was buried and rest in pieces. It says, "Did you ever know any of these? They're funny." And there's the one with well, the cat. Yeah, they're all like just kind of funny tongue and cheek jokes. The right? cat one yeah. is hilarious because it says all the dates for all the nine lives <laughs> yeah. and how it, the cat yeah. died each of the nine yeah, times. Yeah, that one I've definitely it's looked really into. funny. Yeah. So anyway, if you if you looked that up, there's more than just those ones. But the uh, the pet cemetery, as you exit after you go through the haunted mansion, you'll uh, you kind of walk 
um, out and on the left hand side, it's kind of up on a hill. You have to look up and see it. And there's Mr. Toad smiling and waving and all the other funny uh, pets that are located on that hill. I can't recall, but back when we did the Q episode, mm-hmm. was that, did we put Haunted Mansion Q on our list, either of us? I know I didn't put it on mine. I don't, I don't remember. Because here's what I will tell you is, yeah. now that I think about it, the Haunted Mansion Q is the only queue I can think of that has both an entrance and exit queue in a way. Yeah. And I will tell you that it's worth your while, like taking your time. It's Mm -hmm. one of those ones where I'm okay waiting a little bit because you can get to see some really cool stuff. Well, more than half the time when I'm in the queue for Haunted Mansion, it's closed off. Yeah. So I want to be able to go up and, you know, there's the bookshelf there and there's the organ and all all these, all the different um, like head busts. But a lot of times they have Madame all that, Leota. Yeah, they have it roped off. Madame Leota, you see, because Madame Leota's in the graveyard right before you walk in. But there's a whole. Oh, like, you're talking about the area where the, the where you can touch where the book and, the books kind of move. Yeah, and, yeah but yeah. that's I would honestly more than half the time it's it's closed off. Yeah. which is kind of a bummer. My number two is Mr. Toad in the Pet Cemetery. My number two is also over in Magic Kingdom, and it is in a part of a queue. That you can only see if you have a lightning lane. It used to be the fast passes, hmm. but it is the stalemate match in Pirates. Oh yes! So in in Pirates of the Caribbean, there is a scene in the queue. There are two skeletons sitting at a chess table, and there is a game going on, and the pieces are arranged such that any move that could be made would result in a checkmate. Um, so I did some research on this because I just was like, you know, this is kind of cool, but like, how did they, like, what if something happened where they moved the game, they had to, you know, clean stuff. Did anybody say anything? And it turns out my question was a very good one because Mark Davis, the Imagineer for this, actually thought of it. Wow. And was like, what if somebody goes and moves this stuff? He left a sketch underneath the board, taped underneath the board of how to reset it back up. Wow. Because he wanted this, like, hidden thing. So you go by and you're like, oh, look, those two guys died playing chess. And then you realize if you're a chess person, which I don't, I mean, I'm not, but just knowing that they went that far Mm -hmm. to make sure that, like, if a move were made any direction of any piece left on the board, it results in a checkmate. Cool. Um, I think is a pretty cool uh, thing. Um, you can, like I said, you can only see it from the lightning lane, and and you'll when you're coming in, it's off to the side. I don't know how to describe. It's like you have to kind of bend down and look through that little. You have to look through a hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And then once you look in the hole in the wall, you have to kind of get your head in there and and then look down. Yeah, it's not it. it's not easy to see, but it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Q actually is really well themed. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's dark and air conditioned, which is really nice. Yeah. I mentioned before, I, I like the contrast sometimes between everything bright and sunny and warm and then it's cool and dark. Like that's kind of what makes it interesting is that when you go to a Disney park, they make these environments so incredibly different. You know, uh, Ratatouille's like that too. Where it totally changes yeah. where you are. And I would say, too, like, these Easter eggs we're talking about, to think of the... I mean, we talk 
often, and we sing the praises often of these Imagineers, but this is a perfect example of how Imagineers are, they're a whole different level. They're not just like, let me make sure these colors work together. Let me make sure that you feel as though you are in this area or you're getting smaller going into uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Right, or this is a a circus-themed area, so we're putting peanuts in the concrete on the ground. Right, that's one thing. They are putting these ridiculously intricate Easter egg details that are callbacks to to things that nobody would even think about. And some of it is just like, you know, like the the tugging on the earlobe sort of like nod to your friend at home, right? When you're on TV, this is a, some for some of them, it was meant just as like a, I hope my kids see this because this is like me saying hi to them in these, mm-hmm. in these moments. But it is so cool that those things exist in the park. Um, the, the stalemate game is just one of those that is like, I can't, like to be on that level of thinking, why are these two skeletons at this chess table? Oh, I know. They there played was, chess till they died. They, yeah, because there was no way. <laughs> yeah, there was no way for anybody to win, yeah. and they neither one of them wanted to resign. Yep. Nobody was gonna wave the white flag, and so they just sat there and waited. And that, my friends, is why you have a timer when you're playing chess. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I think that that some of these things, it's just like wow, that, I can't even imagine thinking that in depth. So. All right, so that was my number two. Now we're on to your number one, my which number, I think I know what it is. Yeah, my number one is an extension of number two. So yeah. my number one, um, and this is, again, on my mind because I am really looking forward to going to Disneyland and riding Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Now, I will say <laughs> I've rewatched Mr. Toad recently with, with my son because Mr. Toad is kind of – it's like a half movie. The first half is Mr. Toad, and the second half is – um, uh, Ichabod. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the headless horseman. Yeah. I didn't watch the second half, but that's, that's what it is. So I rewatched it. I don't think my son was too enthusiastic with, and it, it didn't hold up as well as I, I hoped it would have, but that Mr. Toad's wild ride was just so much fun for me when I was a kid. So I have these, you know, again, say this time and time and time again, nostalgia for me. And that's kind of my role in this podcast. I get it. But in 1998, Mr. Toad, uh, dis- well, they decided, not Mr. Toad didn't decide, but uh, <laughs> Disney decided. Uh, <laughs> that would be weird yeah. if he did. Yeah. He's a he's a weird guy. If you watch re- that movie, you'll see. I'm retiring. He wants a motor car. If you rewatch, that's what he says over yeah. and over. Yeah. A motor car. Uh, so <laughs> they closed the ride in 1998 and decided to retheme it to Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but I don't get why they couldn't have just opened a brand new Winnie the Pooh ride because that's what they did in Disneyland. They kept the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and then added a Winnie the Pooh ride. So there's two separate ones in Disneyland. Why couldn't they have done that and not close Mr. Toad? Anyway, getting to the point, once they redid Winnie the Pooh and they decided to put in a little Easter egg as a tribute to Mr. Toad. So when you go on the ride, it's not immediately, but once you start... And you kind of move in a little bit on the left-hand side. Once you go through a set of doors, you're going to look on the left. You're going to see there is a framed photo or a framed painting of Mr. Toad having the deed in his hand and handing it to Owl, one of the characters of Winnie the Pooh. So every time I ride the ride, I will turn and go, Mr. Toad, 
and I point to Mr. Toad, and then we continue on with the ride. So that one's my favorite, and it's a nice little tribute, even though so many people were upset that they closed Mr. Toad. But uh, I guess the good news for me is I can still ride it when I go to Disneyland. It's not like it's gone forever. And, you know, Walt Disney said it's not a museum. You know, it's it's ever-evolving, and we have to not get angry and let it evolve. And that that's nothing to do with things like, you know, the cost of things and all that. That's, it's, you know, it, it's always going to grow and evolve into something different. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a nice tribute to something that everybody loves. So um, my number one is Mr. Toad handing the deed to Owl. So I cannot wait for you to get back from your Disneyland trip, which you are, as this episode is being released, you're currently at Disneyland, actually. Yes. yes. <clears throat> um, but I can't wait because I want to ask you, does it hold up? Because you just said that doesn't hold. I oh, it, it probably doesn't. But no, but you know what I mean. Like well, sometimes the, you you're like, oh, I'm so nostalgic for that thing I had as a child. You know, like that. There's like that snack you had as a child, then yeah. you get one as an adult, and you're like, oh, this is disgusting. Well, and we'll see. And I and I'm not gonna weigh my kids' reactions on it because they don't have a no, connection. No, it's you. With it's got to be your. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm I'm gonna be interested to see if you say, yep, it was. It did exactly what I wanted it to do. I would say the last time I wrote it was probably, let's see, it closed in 98. I feel like before senior year, I probably, so I, last time I was there was probably 19, no, I misspoke. The last time I was in Disney before it closed, I believe was 1995. Okay. So that's how long ago it's been since I have ridden the ride. Okay. And that doesn't count watching it on YouTube. All right. Well, I am excited for you that you're going to be getting to go. Maybe right now, as somebody is listening to this, right this way. Now, Rob is getting on to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. No, do it, do I, I'm at California Adventure right now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, right now, I will be getting on to... Incredicoaster? Sure. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. So, um, that brings me to my number one. And I can't believe... That we didn't match up a single time. No. But I can in a way because there's so many cool Easter eggs at the parks. My number one is the Cinderella fountain at the castle. Oh. Do you know what about do you know about this Easter egg? I don't know if I do. So it's just I know where it is. It's it's off to the side when you're heading down to towards Frontierland. So it looks just like a fountain with Cinderella sitting there. Like the statue of Cinderella, right? You know what I'm, what I'm talking about? Yep. It's her before she turns into her wedding dress. Or is it? Or is it after? I don't know. So if you are the height of a child. Sure. And you look at it. There is a crown upon her head. So there's that alcove that is painted. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Look up a picture. Sure. It is actually pretty cool. Sure. So if you've never seen this. And I was so skeptical. I'm like, this isn't real. Because, you know, I, I was like, you know, whatever. But Disney is so good at forced perspective and different, taking advantage of perspectives. That, like, if you look at the Cinderella Castle as an adult. Oh, weird. It, yeah. If you look at the Cinderella Castle. Uh, oh, yeah, so, not castle, but the fountain as an adult. It just looks like she's sitting there in her, like, yeah. peasant dress. And then it, as a child, when you're lower... There is a crown upon her head. Yeah, so it's painted on a mural behind her. So there is a statue of her, 
but behind her is this painted mural with these, you know, kind of abstract shapes. But one of those abstract shapes is the shape of a crown that you wouldn't notice unless you looked at it from below. So I invite you to look that up uh, and and see what Nick's talking about. And I don't think I knew about this one. This is really interesting. I think it's such a cool thing. And I I wish I had, I should have written it down. There is a quote from an Imagineer, but basically says like, you know, essentially that sometimes it takes a child to see the true potential. Or... Disney prides itself on looking yeah. at the world like a child. Yes. And one of the best ways that it illustrates this point is in the statue of Cinderella outside of her castle. From the view of an adult, the statue depicts Cinderella working as a peasant. But from below, children look up to see she is smiling and a crown is behind her head. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. I didn't it's make so that cool. up. I've, I looked at yeah. it. Yeah. I think it is so cool. That's great. And it is one of those Easter eggs that you as an adult would have to kind of like get down and look at. And your kids probably just see it differently than you. And it's always important to remember that, and this is this is kind of a bigger picture, like stepping back from everything, but perspective matters, right? Yeah. So like no matter what, you have to think about things from a different perspective. And this is a very good reminder of that, that, that you know, Disney has kind of built into this Easter egg is that your perspective matters. Um, and so that's why I think this is my, no, I, I don't think this is my number one, Yeah. but that's why I think this is the one of the coolest Easter eggs in any park anywhere Yeah. These, is this. It, I'm happy there was a couple I did not know about that you had. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. So that's it. Um, do you have any um, honorable mentions you wanted to bring up? My honorable mentions, let me look, I think. Uh, I think I brought them up. Yeah. My honorable mentions were um, mayo, ketchup, mustard in that order. And all the Imagineers' names on the top of the buildings on Main Street. Yeah. So I at the top of the show, I said, remind me. Yes. I'm reminding you right now. Okay, cool. Um, I reminded you to remind me? Correct. Okay. So I would not have remembered. The Haunted Mansion, there is a chair that has a hidden Donald. Really? <laughs> I. That's what I said. Look up the hidden Donald chair on, on Haunted Mansion. This chair has a silhouette of Donald on it, and I was like, what? And that it's kind of an ab- abstract, obscure thing, but it's in one of two spots, they said. It moves. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it now. Sure, it's kind of Donald. It's kind of a tiki head. Uh, okay. I'm curious where that is now. So it moves around, they said. Okay. But yeah, I've never seen it. I don't know that I would recognize it as Donald. <sighs> I've uh, ridden I this would, ride a lot, and I, I would, don't I would remember this. I would love for people to write in and comment. Oh yeah, how did you not know that? Um, or what are you talking about? Huh? Because I have seen the pictures, and I'm still not entirely sold on it. It looks like, uh, no, I was gonna say here stairs. It looks like it's on the left next to the long hallway, possibly. So that's one spot it can be. And then, so I was reading up on it. There's like two spots it could be, um, but it because it moves, which I don't understand why it moves, but either way, huh. it's it's weird, right? It's like painted on the back, looks as though it might be a Donald silhouette, but it also might be something that could have been a chair in the tiki room, right? Because yeah. it's kind of like tiki-ish. It does. It has the 
kind of that look of a um, tiki statue. And I understand this is like a really dumb conversation for an audio format where you can't see a picture of it. But like, man, I don't know. I feel like this might be something that wasn't intentional. Are they saying it's intentional? No, I. Well, I mean, I I read this thing. They're like, oh, yeah, this the hidden Donald, blah, 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 blah. And then they. So maybe it's not intentional. I don't know. It's kind of like when anytime there's something round next to something else that's round, they're like, oh, it's a hidden Mickey. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. So that's that's one I wasn't sure if you'd ever heard of, and I'm not sold on it being actual like hidden Donald. Mm-hmm. And if it were a hidden Donald, why would it be in in haunted mansion? And I don't because like well because I, I don't know Donald and Mickey and Goofy had that that ghost cartoon, which is one of my favorites. Right, but I don't know. Maybe I just I wasn't sure if you had thought of mm-hmm. or if you had had heard of that before. So you have you don't have anything else to mention? No, I mean there's so many. I mean honestly, I I did this list very very quickly because it there's so many of them. I mean we we could do part two, three, and four of this episode because yeah. there's so much good. I mean, stuff. There's a bunch of even at resorts too that are that are very interesting. So um, I really enjoyed this one. Um, before we go, I just wanted to ask our our listeners again, please you know. Share us with your friends and family. Help us grow. Uh, help us grow. Uh, word of mouth is is the best way to grow. Um, you know, the other thing is if you could, you know, if you're not following us, please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at DizListPod. Uh, but, you know, I really appreciate all of you who have been following and have been sharing because it has not gone unnoticed. We've been certainly growing by leaps and bounds the last um, month or so. Um, so I wanted to thank you. Um, honestly, because it's, it's been really fun to see and it kind of reinvigorates us every time we see that, okay, we're doing something that matters. Uh, we had a couple really, really great comments on, on a post, a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we posted something that said top five reasons to listen to the Diz list. And, uh, someone responded that, you know, oh, well I, it's changed the way that I'm going to approach my next vacation. Great. Um, so I think that's awesome. And I hope we can continue to do that. So thank you so much for, for being loyal supporters and, and listeners. Um, but it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And tomorrow's just a list away. Tune in next time, and we'll see you real soon.